it's just who figures it out, man. And I, I my hat's off to you and the whole crew because the one thing I like to see is that you don't stop trying to make it better. You know, everybody might complain and say, oh, well, we got downtime. But you know what? The first group after that track prep just feels so great, doesn't it? So... Episode 82, Tank Slapping Podcast. Post-Winter Throwdown edition, we are going to do a little preview of the Winter Throwdown. It was an awesome event, man. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but there was a lot of shit that went down and a lot of great racing. So on the other side of the line, man, I might call you the general of the Winter Throwdown this year. <laughs> Rob McClendon, dude. Oh, my gosh. I'm still sore and I'm still tired, but what a freaking epically fun event on all counts. But, yeah, dude, I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be great. Yeah, real fast before we get into it, um, we're going to talk about a couple of news things that came out, uh, I, I guess, right around the, the event, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into kind of discussing some stuff with the event. But I want to make sure we shout out these sponsors that make it happen. Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Bell was a, a major sponsor of the Winter Throwdown. They gave the 85cc winner, uh, Walker Porter, he's getting a factory Bell helmet-sponsored deal for this season so um appreciate bell supporting the podcast supporting our event and uh just supporting the sport in general yamaha motorsports and yamaha racing yamaha offered contingency for the winter throwdown and i think it was 12 10 or 12 classes so if you rode a yamaha and you did well at the winter throwdown look up their contingency and what they offer but i want to give them a shout out for sponsoring our podcast indian motorcycle since 1901 indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules shout out to gary gray jared meese man anytime money's up for grabs he finds a way to take it and last year there was was the first year for indian contingency and this year once again he's two for two riding that FTR 750 against all the 450s and, and grabbing that extra Indian contingency at the winter throwdown. So appreciate Indian for, for stepping on board. And they also donated boxes of swag for our rider bags we did this year. So uh, just everything they do for the sport, man, they're, they're a really cool brand and, and they're really passionate about, about racing Dunlop motorcycle tires, check out Dunlop motorcycle tires.com DT for the, um, the K180, they do a lot for flat track. They supported our event, 19-inch and their new 17-inch tire. We gave a few of those away. Actually, I think Walker Porter took all four of those as well. So uh, uh, big shout-out to Dunlop Motorcycle Tires for supporting our podcast. And Jerry Stinchfield, Jerry's been with me at the event for four years now, sponsoring the Randy Texter Memorial Dash for Cash. Jerry and Jim were at – Jerry and Jim from um, H um, – H oh man what the heck what's the abbreviations for Jim's Jim Hudson man he was he was there at the event supporting it along with Jerry and what they what they both do for the event or for the sport in general is huge and uh, we appreciate everything they do to keep us going keep the sport alive and um, yeah we call him Uncle Jerry and he really really does a lot for the sport so check out his website commercialroofsystems.net with nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial roofing company business so uh, dude, crazy event. I don't even know where to start, man, but what do, what do you got for me first? <laughs> man, I don't know where to start either, man. It was just, it was just good on all fronts. I mean, you might as well start with practice night. I mean, hell, what an epically big practice night it was too, but, uh, I think, I think it went great, but, uh, man, well, let's talk yeah, about I, I actually real fast. I want, before we got into that, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Brian Smith. He got, he got a job in with, in with AFT, 
you know, it's, it's good to have a, a one of us in there and, and helping make the sport better. I I'm stoked for him, man. He's, he's a knowledgeable guy. He's been at this since he's been a kid. He's a former champion X games, gold medalist. And just having Brian in there is, is a huge asset. I'm not sure exactly what his job title is for like on race day, but just being there to, um, to kind of help guide things along is, is what I'm excited about. You know, he's a, he's a champion and he's really passionate and cares about the sport. So that that's really good news, Rob, to see that I was stoked. Yeah, for sure, man, Brian. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good thing because clearly he cares. Um, he's, he's been very vocal on just little stuff all the way up to big stuff like track prep. So I think having him on board, knowing that he's one of the fastest guys to ever throw a steel shoe on um, and having him on board, I think he's going to be kind of like the rider liaison if I read it correctly. So I'm assuming that, you know, uh, cause we both know Jared Meese is going to be like, Oh, this track needs this and this track needs that. So um, B Smith is definitely going to be the the guy I think. And uh, I was pretty happy to see that. And then of course uh, I had my own little smart ass comment to make and then boom, Michael Locke fan club memes, flat track memes or whatever it is. <laughs> I got a picture <laughs> of me stalking B Smith <laughs> talking about the riders meeting. Cause I said, I can't wait to ask so many questions and, Oh, poor, poor Brian. He's going to get it from all angles, but, uh, he's a good dude. And, uh, and I, I trust him, man. I think you do too. I mean, I think that anybody that has an issue that Brian will take it seriously. So as much fun as he is on and off the track, I know, uh, you know, when it comes to good tracks and stuff, he's, uh, he's going to be absolutely critical. So I think it's a good thing. So hats off to AFT for making that happen. And, uh, congrats to Brian Smith on the new job. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be good. Um, wanted to also give a, a shout out prior to the <clears throat> winter throwdown, Briar Bauman announced that he was running the number three. And I already knew. <laughs> I knew for a long time, actually, obviously. And I'm stoked on it. Obviously, I grew up in the sport. And when we were talking about <clears throat> what number Briar was going to run for this season, it's like, dude, your destiny is to run number three. Like, you're from Salinas. You ride really similar to Ricky Graham. And it's just your destiny to run number three. So ended up getting the number. He put his own little styling on it, which I like it. Initially, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I like I like Ricky's three because I grew up in the sport. I'm like, dude, you should just run his three. And he's like, man, I want to pave my own path a little bit. And I wasn't super stoked on the three initially. But when I saw it on the bike, like on the Indian FTR 750, I'm like, damn, that actually looks pretty trick. So um so really stoked to see uh, Briar carry on that that number three tradition he'll do it well that's such an intimidating number like when you are out there oh. with the three you're a bad mofo so yeah it'll be good oh I can't wait to I mean he, he, not just Ricky Graham but I mean fuck dude the the Dale Earnhardt aspect of it too man I mean I know Indian's not gonna paint all their bikes black but dude if they did like one race like Springfield where everything was black with like the the silver three you know, something I know it sounds corny and cheesy but that's a long time ago, road race guys used to have like these one-off races, like paint schemes. And I remember Nikki Hayden, he had like a Jurassic Park one one time. And then, of course, Honda had like the Woody Woodpecker set up one time. But, man, I, I would love to see him come out like an all-black, like a mean business this weekend. And, but, uh, yeah, dude, for it, Dale. it's so cool. Yeah, I know, right? It's so cool that he's got uh, – that he's got that number and I know he'll, uh, he'll respect it. And, and we all know that he's going to put the number three up on top of the box plenty in his career. So yeah, um, and yeah I, I dig it. I, I... Yeah. And then Cody Cobb, he debuted uh, his number 12, which, which uh, I guess it's not a big surprise. And we had him on the podcast. He mentioned that he's been a huge Brad Baker fan his whole life and grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So 
I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's cool, man. I, I think it's good to keep that, like where you're from p- picking a number. Like that's, I don't know. I really like that aspect of it. And it's cool to keep Brad's legacy going and, and Cody, you know, he could obviously pick his pops number and that's what a lot of young racers do, but to kind of create your own little path with it is, uh, is pretty awesome as well. So, um, yeah, so I'm stoked for Cody and, uh, good kid, man, really fast rider, really smooth rider and rocking the number 12. So that's pretty rad. So I got a, I got a question that's kind of on subject about that, but, but not, but you made me think of it. So, um, you mentioned like Cody picking his dad's number and now you and I both, uh, obviously at a much smaller scale, but Cruz picked number 26 and Colton wanted 85. And I'm like, where does that come from? Cause I was kind of like, Oh, Colton, let's get some matching little baby gold 69s. And he's like, no, I want 85. And then Cruz, I would have bet a thousand dollars that he'd have number 65, but where does 26 come from? Does, is it random just like Colton or did it mean something? <laughs> I mean, that's funny as hell that Colton's 85 is random, <laughs> but uh, no, the 26 <laughs> is actually my grandpa uh, Fitz Charles, his sprint car number um so he's in the sprint car hall of fame my grandpa glenn fitch charles and 26 actually the same font the same color that's what he rode i'm uh, sorry drove with on his sprint car during his really successful years in the late 80s so um yeah like you know like i said like i i picked my dad's number 65 shana was 25 that was my dad's other number and you know, I, I wanted him to do something a little different. And, you know, Grandpa Fitz is a, a big influence in my life and, and Cruz's. So we, we ran the 26 and I don't even know if Cruz knows what his number is sometimes. He just goes out <laughs> and rides, but it looks really cool on the bikes, man. Like I'm, I'm pretty hype on, uh, on that 26, how it looks. Oh, it looks, it looks awesome. And, uh, and I guess while we're on the topic, I appreciate you letting Colton, uh, get on the other number 26 X, but, uh, we, we had a good, good fun, fun weekend, man. And I was just kind of curious cause I think the 12 fits Cody. Well, I, I agree with you hundred percent, man. I think he's going to, uh, he's going to keep Brad Baker's uh, legacy alive. Obviously Brad is, uh, is still a big fixture in the sport, but you know, we haven't seen him strap on a steel shoe in a while. And it's going to be cool to see the, the number 12 back up front. Cause I think after this weekend, we can all agree that, uh, that Cody's got a bright future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got these point standings up from the event and we can run through each class and talk about some, some guys who may have, may have stood out. Like I, I've, I got to spend a lot of time on the track this weekend. So you mentioned about the practice night and the track was really good when we started on the practice night. And we've always had really good success with Callahan Speedway and the racetrack has always been really good and really racy, but for whatever reason, and um, we'll talk about the track now and we'll get into the other stuff after we're done, but for whatever reason on Friday, man, we just really struggled keeping the track together. And it wasn't lack of lack of work or preparation. Like we've, we've run there plenty of times. We've never really seen, seen it come apart or get that rough on Friday. So uh, I was stressed and I'm like, dude, I don't know how the hell we're going to run all these bikes and keep going on this racetrack. It's getting hammered. And Andrew Butler made a, a really good call. Shout out to Andrew Butler to, to stop, I think we stopped practice halfway through and we tilled it up and then we prepped it kind of like a cushion. So we kept watering it, dragging it, watering it, dragging it. And um, we got the box blade out and, and smoothed out the jumps or hit yeah, the jumps, the whoops into the corners as best we could. And, <laughs> and, and what we had initially to what we ended up with, even on Friday was, was uh man, I just want to give a huge shout out to, uh, to Dave and, and Jimmy with uh, Callahan Speedway and Andrew Butler and, everybody that helped kind of turn that track around. Like it was a rough little cushion short track, but man, we really pulled that thing back in and, and made it, made it race, made it really racy on Friday. And 
um, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of wanted to address that because man, the track's been so good to us for many years. And then Saturday, we kind of stuck with that same game plan. And I think the track was twice as good on Saturday. Um, you know, even with the more laps and the more bikes on it, I felt like the track stayed together really well. I mean, it took a long time to, uh, to keep prepping it, especially during the day. Like once the sun goes down there, we, we were good, but just getting through 66 heat races in the middle of the day in the Florida sun, it was, it was a challenge, dude. And I'm like really, really stoked on how, how well my team kind of brought that back and, and made it a, made it a pretty decent racetrack. Oh, for sure, man. It's, it's, it's the same battle. I fight it at Pensacola. It's a Sandy type clay, which, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but they, they can complain and say like, Oh, the track got a little rough here and there. But if you look at it, the overall racing though, when the track has some, we'll just call it character, the racing's good because it makes you search high, low, inside, outside, you know? So yeah, we all love a perfectly smooth track, but a lot of times, you know, you get a really smooth track and everybody goes to the bottom. It's a small little black notch groove to where you have to punt people off the track to make a pass. Well, you know, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, clearly, but, um, you know, for those, for those kids and, and adults that maybe had a little complaints about it, you know, just, I, I advise you to, you know, look at the good part of it, man. You, you never knew who was going to win is passing everywhere and it was racy so point blank that's what puts on a good show and that's what makes a good promoter in my opinion so you know i know you know it's not gonna be a pool table i hope it's not one i mean hell i i fast qualified a few years back on a on a a little bit rough type track like that because it it makes it it throws a you know a wrench in the works and you know the cream still rises to the top look jared mees you know i mean perfect example like you said earlier you know he he got the job done like he always does and uh and then the second night trevor and dalton did did awesome as well so it's just who figures it out man and i I, my hat's off to you and the whole crew because the one thing i like to see is that you don't stop trying to make it better you know everybody might complain and say oh we got downtime but you know what the first group after that track prep just feels so great doesn't it so um yeah Yeah, my, my hat's off to you guys yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jared Meese won everything on Friday, but on Saturday we had Trevor Brunner won the one race, Dalton won the other, and then Cody Cop won the dash for cash. So um, we had a really good mix of riders up front, and uh, it was really cool to see. And the thing is, too, man, like there was there was bumps going into turn one, and everybody kept running through the bumps as hard as they could every lap. And you weren't even hitting the bumps. You were going below them and you were literally pulling away every lap. It's like, how don't you see what you're doing? Like go watch Robbie, Bobby. He's winning all these races. He's going <laughs> below the bumps in turn one. He's turning the bike, driving off the corners. Like if somebody's kicking ass all day and dominating, I'm going to go up and try and mimic what, what that rider is doing. And these guys on the hooligan bikes, dude, it was like, they were hitting the roughest part of the track every lap. It's like, dude, stand the bike up, drive it across the bump straight, turn it through the apex and drive it off the corner. It's like, dude, look for the smooth part of the racetrack. So I was standing in, in the infield of the track and I was just laughing. It's like, dude, Robbie's checking out and he's not even hitting a bump on the track. Like do the same thing. Yeah, man, it was, it was cool, man. I, I think this just comes from experience, you know, I, the experience and fatness fatness because you know leave it to the laziest guy out there to figure out the easiest way to do something right so um you know plus i knew that dude i'm not gonna be able to hold on if i go through the bumps and saturday night i proved that i had to pull off dude i about wrecked myself and a couple other kids because i just couldn't hold on any longer but but yeah man it was it was, it was fun i just i figured it out and 
you know, I, I invite kids to hang out with me all the time because if you look, you know, I spend a lot of my time hanging out right against the fence or the infield because those kind of tracks change by the race. Like, you can't just go run your heat race and then think you're good until the main because if you're not, that track is completely different. And, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, but that's just what I do. I watch the track and, you know, the kids out there, they see Jared Mees. I saw Briar Bauman. You know, you're out there looking to see what's going on. And, and I treat that just like a national, man. I treat that race as if it were a national because, dude, you got to win the heat race to transfer to the main. Like, that's incredibly hard to do, especially with all those riders. So I knew that, uh, you know, I better be dialed in, especially on my starts and just run a good, clean race. So, yeah, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the shout out. Yeah, man, I was impressed. I'm like, holy shit. I honestly do like that. Your little poll, like where you said, how many main events are you going to win? I'm like, and I, I honestly, I thought maybe one and I'm not, it's like, dude, as the kids that are coming, the guys in the vintage class that are coming and you're a good rider, man, I go to bat for you all the time, but I'm just like, man, one, maybe two. And you ended up with yeah. like five. It's like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. I think five and a dash, but, but that's, that's the thing, man. It's all these kids are so good. And, and I agree completely, completely, man. I was hoping for maybe one of the vintage races and then like the 40 plus I was like, all right. Cause last year who I think Poe got me maybe, I don't remember, but even the 40 plus class is like, it's tough. So I, I had, I had two as my, my personal quiet guess, but honestly, like after the first, after the dash for cash on Friday night, I was like, man, I feel really good on this track. So I was, I bumped myself up to four. So, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. not, not being cocky or conceited. I was just really comfortable and and was feeling really good. Yeah. And the other thing too, we, um, the only thing that really stressed me out as a promoter, I'm sure people noticed is, uh, is the delay we had on Friday. So we had a medical issue with a spectator in the pits where the ambulance had to transport and on the way to transport, uh, the, the, um, I guess you call him the patient or the, the spectator. He woke up and refused transport. He was pretty, almost basically on, on his way there. So he came back and then later on we had to transport again, this, the same uh, spectator. So we were without an ambulance for like an hour and a half. So that was, you know, and the ambulance should have never left the racetrack. And um, I had a, a quite a good conversation with the ambulance crew after the event, obviously, because I'm super big on efficiency and getting done at a decent time. I don't want everybody up late at night because everybody had the race the next day. And I was super bummed. We got done a little before midnight on Friday. And that to me is just not acceptable. And I took a lot of uh, accountability for that on Saturday. And then Saturday we were done, I think a little after 10 PM. So, um, so I was really, really happy with how Saturday went Friday. Just there's some things out of your control that you do the best you can, but running a race, that big with that many entries there's a lot of things that um that can happen that it's just like you got to roll with the punches and one or two things happen and you're immediately behind the schedule and you're trying so hard to to get it going again but i will say once we once we got the ambulance station and i had a talk with them that they got us unless there's something major seriously wrong they got to call on a transport and we need to keep that ambulance on site so we can keep the show going and, uh, and once we got them back and, and in station and ready to go, I think we rolled through all of those main events on Friday in about an hour. Like we were rolling yeah, through the main event. So I, it, 
it, it was, it was a long night on Friday, but I'm, I'm actually really happy with what we, and what we were able to do with the circumstances we were, we were stuck in. And I'm standing there Friday, midway through the main events. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I almost yeah, just but, ran away from home, but uh, yeah, it turned but, out all right. So. Yeah. But dude, at the end of the day, man, I think everybody realized that that particular thing was out of your control. And if they thought you had any control, I, I advise them to, Look at put the shoe on the other foot and just think. I know it sounds bad to say this, but think about if that man didn't get transported, if it was something really serious, or they had to bring in like a life flight or something. You know, you, you did the best call you could, and you want to be put safety first. And yeah, we didn't know that it wasn't 100% life threatening, or you didn't know. But at the end of the day, man, you had to make a call. And yeah, we got delayed a little bit, but everybody got a little bit of a break. It wasn't like it was the end of the world. Nobody got their laps, you know, nobody got their races canceled, you know? So yeah, it sucked being a little bit late, but we know we've all been to races. Hell I've done Greenville before and we're still racing at what two in the morning and y'all have a national the next day. So I feel your pain. Yeah. I feel your pain, but sometimes there's just stuff that's out of your control. I think you guys rolled with the punches the best you could. And you made up for whatever i mean you might call it you made mistakes or whatever but i think you just learned from little stuff and saturday it was it was it was done even better so yeah. you know i'm I'm not going to sweat you over the ambulance thing that's that's so far out of your control now yeah i was picking and laughing at you but you know how i do man i got to pick on you you're like one of my, my best buds so well one of the I, things uh, that i can take accountability for is the uh the lights in turn three and four I was, try- I-, I was trying to like move like I went over and there's this high-tech fucking light and I'm like it's probably not that high-tech but to me there's all these buttons and I'm like all right how do I make it so there's a little bit more light in turn four on the exit because entry it was it was pretty good but I, I wanted to kind of point one of the lights into turn four and I go to like move the, the switch that it looks like it's going to turn the light and I turned it off so like I shut the lights <laughs> off middle of the, I was probably the semis. I shut the lights off. I'm like, damn. Like, so it had to reboot. That took like a good 20 minutes. I was like, well, and what I was honest. I'm like, yo, I tried to fix the lights and I turned them off. I'm sorry. Like, uh, no, nah, dude, that's small. That happens. was, that was small potatoes. I mean, I mean, that's, uh, you were trying, again, it goes back to, you were just trying to make things a little bit better. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you weren't trying to screw anybody. You were trying to make it better. And I think everybody saw that. No, put it this way. I didn't hear a single person complain or anything about, you know, Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. the lights went out for 20 minutes. So don't sweat that. I know you're going to beat yourself up over every little detail. That's just how you work. But yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the, the, um, your heart was in the right place there. Yeah. And I appreciate everybody. Everybody seemed to have a really good time. Everybody loved their racing was phenomenal. Uh, man, the, the atmosphere during those expert main events was like, was like a grand national or better. Like the, the fans were on their feet, you know, we'll, we'll get into those expert classes here in a bit, but I just want to run through all these classes, give some love to each one. Cause every class we have at the throwdown, they're all stacked. Um, you know, oh, like yeah. you said, man, it was win your heat or win your semi, or you're not going to the main event. I think there was pushing, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but I, I think they were pushing 50 entries in some of these amateur classes. So, oh yeah, for 12 sure. To, 12 to the main, it's like, dude, it's, it's, it's stacked and you got to get a good start. You got to be on point to, uh, to be successful. So everybody we're going to mention, man, they really did their job. And, and obviously you said the cream rises to the top, but the 250 amateur class, man, this kid was a little bit of an underdog all weekend. And, and I know him cause he's back. Uh, he lives in Pennsylvania. So I get to see him ride and he's a really good kid. Um, Cole Jose, he was, uh, yeah. the 250 amateur 
overall champion, but I think he won a 450 race. Um, he was really dicey all weekend or something. Yeah. And he was, no, everyone's like, who the hell is that kid? And I want to give him shit because his numbers are like black on his bike. He lined oh, up the one race. Possible. I'm like, I'm like, homie, you got to get new numbers. So the next day he was like asking me like, well, what should I get fluorescent duct tape? I'm like, just get new numbers. So, um, yeah, he actually just bought that bike from Brandon Robinson and, and obviously B Rob, he, he always goes well at the winter throwdown. So I'm sure he helped him with, with some setup tips, but yeah, shout out to Cole Jose and, and then uh, Ryder Reese finished second in the uh, overall points. And I thought he rode, he rode phenomenal all weekend. And then I have Hunter Williams finished third. I didn't get to watch Hunter Williams too much. I honestly don't recognize that name, but I know the number and he was uh, really dicey as well. Yeah. He's a PDT boy, man. He's uh, actually, you know, it's crazy about him. Um, this is his first year racing, man. He, he came out and uh, clapped out XR 100 to PDT. And then he got a, a, a even more clapped out 250F. But his his uh, his he's learned really really fast. He he wrecks sometimes, but he's not as afraid to push it. And then so his dad got him a, a newer 250F. And and man, he's he's won a few SDTA races now. And, and like I said, he lives right down the road from me in Pensacola. So um, you know, I, I was I was definitely happy to see another PDT kid uh, do well because again, this is like a freaking national. So if I see one of my local kids up front, you know, I'm stoked because. You know, you got to beat these bad boys if you're going to go anywhere. And uh, and he well, did the names well. behind him, dude. You got Carson King, Shelton Brooks, Wyland Seeger, Aiden Johnson, Walker Porter, Jackson Sangles, yep. Brandon Posh, Travis Horn, Dylan Durrell. Um, that was all in that 250 class. Riders who scored points. So, uh, yeah, really stacked 250 class. So, moving to the 450. Uh, sorry, 40 plus. You had some really good battles, man. And you mentioned how stacked the 40 plus class is, and we'll go over that here in a minute, but Richie Mellinger, another Pennsylvania guy. I've known Richie for a long time, man. He's, he never went pro, but he's always been like uh, a top district six rider and district six is stacked, you know, obviously Kevin Barnes and, you know, that whole group of guys, they're right around Richie's age and uh, dude, he was dicey. Ricky Winsett's another one, but Mellinger won the overall points and, you finished second. I'll, I'll let you kind of uh, go over some things in this, but the other list of names in the 40 plus Mike vital from California, Rich Heverly, Walt Bevins, Greg Boyle, David Kilkenny. I mean, it was uh, Monty Klein. It was, it was stacked dude. 40 plus was a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah. It was a blast, man. Mellinger's a, he's a great rider too, man. He's such a nice guy. We, uh, we actually tied in points, but, uh, it went moto style and I felt so bad because the ladies in the booth, they were like trying to explain it to him. I'm like, lady, it, it's fine. Cause you know, I, maybe they expected me to be like all pissed off or something, but you know, he, he earned it, man. Like the, the second day I tried everything, man. And, and I went low. I even went up a little bit higher just to see. And man, I, promise you i don't know if it was an eight or 12 lap main or whatever but he hit his marks and, and i had nothing for him i kept him honest but uh he he absolutely earned that overall man and then uh you know mike vital all the way from california how about that i was that dude is he's an animal man and uh he just seems to know everybody and he's always in pumped up ready to race and he's so so his energy is fun man and and me and him have gone back and forth positive and negative on facebook <laughs> i think we might have a battle of who gets banned the most but uh but it was cool <laughs> to see him come all the way from california because you know, you, you race all around the East coast and stuff, and then you finally get to race some of the other guys from out West. Cause it's a, it's a different, different, uh, style out there, but, uh, but yeah, oh, he's dicey plus. too. Yeah. Like there'd be yep. three guys going to the corner and he would just dive under all three of them and just like make room. So yeah, that, that dude's dicey. And yeah, to come out from California in your pickup truck and, and come race the, the throwdown in Florida and then go back. Like 
it's seeing stuff like that is, uh, is surreal to me. It's humbling. It's like, damn, these guys are coming from California in their pickup trucks just to run this event. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, also, also on him too, big, big shout out to his wife. I know she had a little medical emergency on the way home, but I'm hearing that she's okay. And it was just a, you know, some, whatever it was, it, it passed, but he was super, super concerned um, the day after throwdown. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Mike Vidal's wife. Yeah. Um, Donna. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Donna, Donna. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So good news. Good news there. Yeah. I've been keeping in touch with them. So that's good to hear they're back and everything's good. So, um, so anyway, you didn't win the 40 plus class, but you won the 450 amateur, which is just crazy. Dude. To me. You beat Another? Evan Renshaw, Cole Jose, Ethan Razine, which is, uh, I didn't know who the hell this kid was, but he was getting it. He's from Wisconsin yeah. and he's an ice rider. So it kind of yep. fit his style a little bit, but that dude was impressive. Then you had Ben Gladi, and this was his first flat track race since he was like on 65s. Um, yeah. He's never raced flat track for the last probably eight years or whatever it is, six years. Um, and he was, I think he got second one of the days in the 450 class. So he's an American super camp instructor. And I talked him into coming down. I'm like, man, I think you can maybe like make the main. And I almost put him in open novice. Cause I didn't know what to expect. And the fucking guy <laughs> goes out there and he gets second. And, uh, he might've been able to do a little bit better. He's just, he, he needs to figure out a little bit of the, the flat track, like racecraft. Um, yep. but Austin Rutherford, uh, Ohio kid, he was impressive all weekend. Johnny Buva. I mean, there was a lot of uh, Luke Baird, Landon Smith, Shelton Brooks, a Andrew Reddington. I mean, it was Tragon, uh, dude. It was stacked and, and standing at the top, <laughs> fucking Robbie Bobby. Well, you know, uh, and, and not to toot my own horn on that, but I did get a little bit of flack uh, from a few people. It's like, oh, why you you ran up front in the pro class a few years back, and now you're an amateur. It's like, well, you know, he's trying to make it a legit event to where you need a license to run. But then, you know what? At the end of the day. I started using this phrase right here. I said, look, you know, all these kids are getting ready for their pro careers. If they can't beat me, then they need to keep working to go pro. And then sure as shit, the next night, uh, Renshaw, um, I, I look back and I'm like, all right, I got, I got a little bit of breathing room. And then two laps later, he was right on my ass. And then last lap, last corner, I made a mistake and he perfectly capitalized on it, man. And then after the checker, he looks over at me. I give him a high five. He's like, man, I'm so sorry. Cause he got into me a little bit. But I was like, dude, <laughs> do not apologize. I said, that was textbook. I said, you stalked me. You forced me into a mistake. And you, cause some kids, you know, they will watch somebody make a mistake and they'll follow them right up the track and make the same mistake. He got his shit together and he made a perfect pass, dude. He gave me a little bump and run. And the, the best part about that was he knew I had a little bit of a run on the outside and he just maintained his momentum and carried it wide to where I had no choice but to shut off the gas. And I mean, it was perfect, dude. It was, it was actually textbook. And I actually came over to his pits after the race. And I hope his dad wasn't expecting me to like give me pissy or nothing, but dude, I gave him a hug right there. I was like, dude, I'm proud of you. And that was, I mean, clearly he's got some, you know, texture, uh, coaching, you know, I know you help him out a lot. So, um, you know, he, he's learning and that's, that was awesome, man. Cause you know, he's, he's definitely one of the kids that I would definitely look forward to seeing in grand nationals in the next few years. So. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the only kids that, that took you down over the weekend. And, and like you said, man, it's like, yeah, like these kids, you're getting ready for this, for your pro career. And, and, uh, and this is a, a premier event and technically you can run the, um, you know, it's AMA sanctioned the before our, our second event where, where you rode pro, it wasn't AMA sanctioned. So things are a little bit different, but as an AMA sanctioned race, you're, you're, you're allowed to run the 450 amateur class. And it's the same thing with Ben Glotty. You know, Ben's a junior cup, uh, Moto America guy. And I had some parents that were like, why are you letting him out there? It's like, dude, 
this is his first flat track race in six years. I'm like, if you can't beat this kid, like, like take some accountability and look at what you can do better, better rather than try to kick all the kick everybody out of the class, go out and fucking beat them. Like, and that's like, that's my rider mentality, like promoter mentality and rider mentality is so different. And I was trying to juggle that all weekend, like trying to um, like toughen up sort of thing, but also understand as a promoter. Um, but everybody was in the classes they're allowed to be in. And it's like, dude, if you can't, yep. if you can't go out and beat them, then I mean, you're trying to get an easy, an easy way to the front. As you move out of that 450 amateur class and you move into the next one we're going to talk about, there are no easy yeah. routes. There is no, no easy I mean, races. There is nothing easy. So if you're looking for an easy route now, you're already off to a, a bad mindset because it's about to get a hell of a lot harder. Oh yeah, I mean, well, perfect example. Look at look at Chase Sadoff. You know, he I think he dominated your last two years of amateur events, and this year he moved up to expert. And, and yeah, he did very well. Made a made a uh, a dash even, but. Um, you know, this shit's not easy, man. And and the sooner the kids realize that, man, you know, I gotta I gotta start swimming a lot faster when I get up to that next level, then the better they're gonna do. And yeah, luckily Chase has a great team behind him and a great dad and family. So, um, yep. but yeah, four fifty expert up next. What's up? Yeah, so uh, going through this overall points list, um, we have Cody Cop, Tyler Scott, Gautier, Brunner, Jared Meese only did the one day, but he finished fifth in points. Bronson, Max Whale, JD Beach, Chase Sadhoff, Mitchler. Trent Lowe, Justin Jones, Michael Interbitson, James Rispoli, and Tyler Raggio. That's the riders who scored points in the 450 expert class. And we had, I think there was 35 guys each day in that class. Um, I think cool. I did the math. I think total for the event, I think we had, we've had, we had 12 or 13 former AFT main event winners. So Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking right here just in this. Other than Tyler Scott, even though he has won road race nationals, um, going on down the list, Raggio is probably the only person on the list that hasn't been on an AFT podium or win. Sad I mean, off, even yeah. even Rispoli is a past champion, right? So Rispoli, uh, Meese, uh, Gautier, yeah. they're all past champions. So yeah, and then you got several Horizon Award winners, like three or four at least. Uh, JD Beach obviously goes without saying me uh, dude, Sadhoff, brunner jesus dude look at just the Cody. you know what man that's that's incredible that uh that was so stacked but man tyler scott dude we got to talk about him we got to yeah, talk about him gotta bring tyler <laughs> scott up man so and i'm just uh, this is a my podcast and it's a we we're honest and you know it's if you tune in the tank slapping podcast we we don't we don't mess around it's it's honest opinions and as a promoter I loved it, dude. Like he was getting after it. He was putting on a really good show. And as a promoter, I loved it as a racer. I would have not wanted to be near him as a racer just because he was not making it easy on anybody. I mean, it could be a heat race or a semi and he is getting after it. So, um, my strategy as a racer would be try to get in front of Tyler and get out of town. Cause he's going to fuck you into the corner so hard um because he was just so aggressive and and he was determined so um as a promoter dude i was loving it but from a rider standpoint do i think he was being dirty no i don't think it was dirty um props to him you know he was just riding really aggressive um and yeah, there were some moments where i was like man like driving it in straight you know and then almost like kind of hitting somebody out, not hitting somebody, um, going in at an angle, the, some of the angles he was doing, 
it was like, man, it's just borderline. Um, but you know, some guys wanted me to DQ him. I'm like, I can't DQ him. He didn't, he didn't take anybody out. He's just, he's just getting after it. So yeah, um, as a rider, I, I, I would have been, all right, I need to get away from Tyler, but as a promoter, it was pretty awesome. Well, it's the thing is he's only going to get faster and better. Um, and, and, and I don't, I wouldn't call him, you know, rough. I'd say he's certainly aggressive. I mean, it's a short track, so there's going to be bumping and grinding. The only thing I would say, you know, is that maybe in the future he could look a little closer to who he's bumping and grinding with. I know you should treat everybody the same, but let's be honest, man. Like if you throw something that hard on me, he's going to come right back. And he did, you know, same thing with Briar. you know, they're not, they're going to be like, all right, well, then me's told me perfectly right to my face. said, look, it's aggressive. I went over there to him, told him it was aggressive. But at the same time, I said, look, as long as you're willing to accept it and take it back, which clearly Tyler, I mean, I'd never heard him complain about anybody being aggressive with him because there were some times when, you know, they had to like Mies or Bauman was like, Hey bud, you know, I'm, I'm here too. So, um, but he's gonna be a force man. And then God dang, dude, the freaking memes after that with Jared and Briar and like Tyler is a little bunny rabbit. And just like, there's so many meme pages and every one of them's got multiple ones from, you know, Tyler Scott. And then there was one that showed Tyler Scott as a bowling ball. And then Mies, Bauman, uh, Lomas, uh, a couple other guys were like the bowling pins. And I just love it. I hope, I hope they don't get discouraged or, or get saddened by this. I think, you know, Mike Scott knows enough about racing to know that, Hey man, you know, we've won a championship before we know how to get a job done, but, um, I thought it was great. Yeah. As a promoter and a f- race fan, I'm like, Holy shit. And then as an actual racer, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not in that fucking class. <laughs> yeah. Cause I get pretty decent starts and I knew it'd be a matter of time before he would come in there and move me out of the way too. And I'm not skilled or fast enough to throw a pass back on him like Briar or Jared. So, well, and I think, um, and, you know, in all honesty, I think Jared and Briar were really nice to him considering, uh, I mean, I, I know what Jared can do. I know what Briar can do. And if they wanted to put anybody into the bleachers, they could do it. And I thought when oh, yeah. you know, Tyler was being really aggressive with Jared and dude, he's 15. Like when you have the grand national <laughs> champion in front of you, you're going to fucking do it. Like if you're in the backyard, you're going to do everything you can to beat that guy. And yep. when Jared passed him back, he didn't hit him. He went in break, checked him a little bit, threw him off balance. And it was like, get your notebook out, kid. Like it's, Yep. Briar too, man. Briar, uh, Briar's an animal, and he was really nice. But uh, I did have a conversation with Tyler and Mike. I'm like, hey, man, if you, you know, if something like that happens to like a Sammy Halbert or somebody like that, they ain't gonna be nice. So it's, no, it's no. Sort of like earning your way into that class a little bit. Like I want you to, go, I want him to go out and win. I mean, I've watched Tyler grow up since he was a kid. Um, you know, I've always been a huge Tyler fan. I've done his resumes for him. I. I literally have watched that kid grow up at the racetrack and, um, and yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, maybe a little too aggressive. Um, but you know, I'm not his mentor. I'm not, you know, and I'm not his dad. You know, I, I think, uh, I think they have a really good plan and we'll see how, you know, the next few years go for him. I don't know if he's staying in flat track going road racing, but as a rider, I was like, eh, eh. but as a promoter, I'm like, that was pretty, that was pretty good race. So. Well, I do want to give another shout out to Briar and Jared because we didn't touch on this, but as hard as they were battling, the twin factor that 
not many people taking accountability for. It's not so easy to woe down a twin. Like you start battling somebody on two, both of your own four fifties, you can kind of turn the bike quicker. You can adjust yourself a little better, but once them twins get up into the corner deep, like they were getting and you know, you can't just like stop and change direction on a dime. So Jared and Briar, like you said, they were pretty nice about it. Cause they could have, I actually, I made the one thing question to Jared. I said, man, I thought you're going to put him up in the bleachers, <laughs> but they, they, they played nice as they were going to, but uh, you know, Tyler, Tyler's smart enough. He's, he's going to learn from this and uh, he's only going to get better and faster, man. So we, we probably ought to move along. Cause everybody's going to be like, you guys just talk about Tyler the whole time, but it the was kid's big the real news, deal, man. dude. It was, big I know, news. dude, dude, a kid putting it on land, the, the fans, dude, when they were battling back and forth, like, you could hear the fans cheering over the little engines and stuff, which is absolutely awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's always, I, it was awesome to see uh, Tyler beating Jared. I mean, I'm like, let's go, but yeah, you know, yep. like I said, I'm a rider and a promoter, so I have two different ways to look at it. So it was trying to juggle that and man, I hate fuck. Honestly, some of the promoting stuff I have to go over and I had, we had to penalize him in one of the semis cause he cut the cone. And I'm like, damn, I felt bad. It's like, dude, you earned the win, but you cut the cone. I, you know, it's like, ah, I hate that yep. part of promoting. I don't, I don't like being that guy, but um, yeah, honestly, Tyler, if you're Mike and if you're listening, hats off on, on, on the rides and uh, you definitely were in the mix, dude, and you earned it. So um, yeah, moving oh, on. Oh, dude. And, and look at this though. He, he went to a semi, won the semi, got his shit together. I think he went back to like fourth in the main from the second row. So he clearly, you know, they, they they have such a good mentality on, on how to get back and things because he knew he got the cone. You know, actually, there was video. So, you know, there was no question about it. You know, the cones are there for a reason. And, and yeah, he tried to throw a last lap pass on Jared, and he did what he thought he had to do. And and it just didn't work out by the rules book. But, yeah. you know what, he came back. And, uh, but anyway, 50-plus, dude, come on, we got to move along. We're, we're killing it on Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Davey Durrell grabbed the overall win and we'll roll through these pretty quick, but it was, I mean, da- anybody that knows Davey Durrell, obviously that guy finds ways to win. He's, he's a specimen just co- still what, at what, you know, what he's doing at 50 plus, like he so could, good. Be, he could be a factor in the pro classes. So, um, so shout out to Davey Durrell, Jim Oatley, uh, from California, um, was second Monty Klein was third. So shout out to those guys. And we'll roll right into the 60 plus we had Monty Klein with the overall win, Jim Oatley, um, was second again in the 60 plus and then we had scott barrett with with third so i was a little bummed honestly man the 60 plus class i had a lot of guys over the uh summer tell me you gotta add a 60 plus class i'd add a 60 plus so i had a 60 plus class and that was our lowest our lowest entry class um it even had less riders in the pw class so i was hoping we'd have some more riders in that class might have to uh look at doing things differently next year so but uh but hats off those guys were really fun to watch and monty klein is he's no joke for 60 plus years old that guy's legit oh for sure man for sure yeah he's he's a, he's a bad i mean all of them guys dude i hope i'm walking when i'm 60 and they're out there beating the shit out of each other on the track so i mean every <laughs> single one of those dudes deserves a shout out man i mean it's 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 awesome i i, I love you love to see it man you just you know uh, i hope that more people get into the sport or stay in the sport and go up in that class. But yeah, from a promoter standpoint, you know, I think that I have one sixty plus class, maybe at Greenville. I don't remember, but uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's so hit or miss, but at the end of the day, man, you could always just say, all right, you know, 50 plus and 60 plus are going to be combined and we'll call it masters or something. Cause you know, most of the, a lot of the guys ran both anyway, so, you know, that's, but that's, that's your call on that end. But, uh, but yeah, awesome to see those old dudes out there battling it out. Yeah. Uh, these next two classes were 
absolutely stacked. I've never seen a 65 CC and an 85 CC class with that many entries. It's been 15, 20 years since I've seen that. Um, 65 CC, Jack Brooks, Mac McCullough, Charlie Walter, Nathan Gawker, Caleb Olds, uh, another Durrell, Camlin Durrell. Um, so that's 65 CC class. I didn't know there were that many 65 CCs in the country that raced flat track and they were pretty much all at the throwdown. It seemed like I was like, damn, this is awesome. So yeah, stoked on the 65 CC and then our 85 C or 85 CC. There was a lot up for grabs with that bell helmets contract and Walker Porter, man, he he's been, I mean, he's always been a top guy, but you know, I've seen him getting some seconds, some thirds, and he really stepped up at the throwdown. And I think he won every race, you know, he, he was awesome he has the coolest looking bike that gas gas 85 is is so badass um oh. and then after walker you know you had adam costin braxton reagan cody mishy christian knox dude a california kid i was really impressed with him all, on and off the track jack brooks who uh, was the 65 cc winner uh and then just going down the list I, I don't know the entry numbers but you had to you had to earn your way into those main events and that was uh really impressive to watch Oh, for sure, man. I mean, look at, I mean, Walker Porter is so impressive. I mean, Adam Costin is number one for a reason and to beat him heads up was, was incredible. But then you got, you know, again, Reagan, Mishy, Brooks. I mean, these names, these are all going to be kids in my opinion, that are going to be running AFT nationals within what, five years. And they're, they're just, I love the 65s, 85s, 50s, because there's never, a time when they're not given 110 hell they're freaking revved up in the pit lane you know just just sitting there waiting and ready to go and then they get on the track and you like unleash all these little animals like a herd of pissed off bees so it's 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 amazing but yeah, yeah. too so walker got the bell deal so that's that's so cool man i'm, yep. I'm really excited to hear that so yep i reached uh, out to his uh parents and got we're getting them dialed in so he'll have a full bell helmets deal two helmets shields tear offs for an entire season and that whole deal is going right through Bell, so they can establish that relationship. It's not like I'm giving him helmets. I'm I made the connection with Bell, so they can um, start a relationship and hopefully have a long term uh, partnership. So, yeah. So that was the 85 CCs. We got a few more classes here. We'll roll through real quick. Hooligan, um, man, these two. So the two guys at the top of this, I thought were on a different level all weekend. Kevin Barnes and Ron Wood, um, two Pennsylvania guys, same uh, Mark Tepper racing team. And Kevin Barnes, dude, he, dude, he was, he was so fast on that Harley and Ron Wood too. I think Ron had a, um, a flat tire. Maybe I think I saw the second night, but Kevin Barnes did not look like he was riding a 600, 500 pound hooligan bike. Um, he was, and I've watched Kevin grow up. He was one of my favorite riders going, growing up through the ranks and just seeing that little old school flair, um, on a hooligan bike was was pretty damn cool you know cole king had a good finish the second night he got a second third in points david kilkenny ben ludlow robert lewis rich heverly uh dude uh it was we've said it they're all stacked but this hooligan class was no joke and i want to give a shout out to adam mac harley davidson boswell's harley davidson uh, a couple other anonymous don't uh people who donated to that hooligan purse we had a really good hooligan purse each day i think it was 1600 bucks each day 3200 total and Kevin Barnes took took a good chunk of money home from that class. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Watching them guys too, like you just said, and slinging them hooligans because I was 
mildly entertaining the thought of running the hooligan class and then like i keep reminding myself like no you got to do some work on your bike and these guys are no jokes so i'm not you know you don't want to go out there half-assed on them especially you know cole king and then you add in kevin barnes and ron wood a lot of people don't realize that ron wood was in the 2000s like one of the best short trackers in the country like oh, no yeah. doubt like especially you put him on a rotax like and i'd put him in the main event to this day you know, I'm not sure how his fitness is to run the full time, but that dude can cut a lap, and clearly he has not forgotten how to ride. And then back, <clears throat> excuse me, backing it up, isn't he kind of a mentor to or a stepdad to uh, Costin, right? Yeah, that's Adam's so, uh, Adam the yeah. Bud Man. That's his dad. Yeah, man. So it's yeah. uh, it's he's got a good mentor for sure. Ron for is sure. Ron's incredible, and Kevin, and yeah, it's just cool. A couple more Pennsylvania guys up front. That was. Uh, I ain't mad about that. Um, no, so, and he's such a nice guy too. Actually, Varnes and Ron and Cole, they're all all the hooligans are nice. You you look at him, you think like, man, look at these freaking idiots. But they're all pretty damn cool. I mean, oh, Hill yeah. Kenny's got to be one of my top five dudes of all time. And like the dude, <laughs> yeah. I got a I got a funny picture of him at the clash. He's upside down like against the tire fence the bike's cartwheel and he's still got a smile on his face <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, I'm, I'm a, obviously i'm an advocate for hooligan race and i've i've said it multiple times on the inter- social media and on the pod i love i love hooligan racing and i keep telling ludlow i was like dude you better you better shape up because i'm i'm coming hooligan racing in a couple years and he's like fucking bring it <laughs> so um <laughs> i keep telling mark tepper just get me a bike ready dude so no nah, it'll be cool man and then yeah that that class is one of my favorites um i'll shuffle through these next few pretty quick uh we're you know kind of bang this out but rj morrow on the sunday motors was the mad dog champion he's another pennsylvania guy Renshaw was second and then Braxton Reagan third. The open 50 CC class was the, um, uh, it went to Hunter Shepard. He rode awesome. That kid's fast. Uh, Jaden Nickens, the son of John Nickens, uh, former national number guy, super, super cool guy. And then Jackson LeBlanc, uh, he's one of your boys is too. Oh yeah. Hey, he's third. He's quick too. Yeah. Shout out to him. Also, he was the only dude out there in the front, um, on a, actually like a CRF 50, against like Cobras and KTMs and whatnot too. So, um, you know, he, he was not on a, on a legit bike. He was on a, uh, you know, a little hand. Bike. 50, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, so good. That, shout out to him and his grandpa for bringing him out to all the races, dude. The guy goes to, he, he goes all over the place letting this kid race. It's the coolest thing ever. And they're such a nice family. So shout out yeah, to Jackson LeBlanc. And they actually had to, um, they grabbed the stock exhaust on the, uh, on eBay, I think to, so he could race that cause that's a production class. So they, they actually did uh, a lot of extra work to make it. And, uh, I was stoked to see them there. Um, open expert. How about Tyler Scott? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> open expert, same group of guys, man. We had Briar in there and, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It's just, it's hard to explain too, but for guys like Briar and Jared and Jared's actually a bad example because he, he shows up every, but to bring your, bring your intensity level to these outlaw races when you're a top level national guy, it's hard mentally to do that because everything you have online for the season, everything, you know, the JD beaches, the Briars, the, uh, even the Dallas Daniels, he's still a little bit younger. He always kind of brings it, but it's hard to bring that intensity to um, like a non-national and, and that's why, like, I, I told Tyler, man, I was like, I love your intensity. You're making these guys have. So um, we won't get into that anymore. Really, the expert guys we've covered pretty well. But um, wait, Trevor Brunner wait, was, wait. was the overall champ. Go ahead. 
timeout. Number look down to twelfth place. We got to give a shout out to Colton Smith, dude. <laughs> dude comes yeah. out there. He's got like a, a two thousand eight or something D, uh, RMZ four fifty kickstart carbureted bike. He's got he high sides himself to the moon in one of the races. And when I say the moon, like landed halfway down the back straightaway, bent his whole front end up, get it going again. I look back at the tire. He's got like a Shinko on the front and like a worn out Maxis on the rear. Like, which clearly is not, like, the ideal setup for that track and still puts it in the main event. Like, wow. Yeah, so, he's a District 6 up. guy, bro. I've watched him grow yep. up, too. He's he's an animal, so it was uh, pretty sure. entertaining. I, dude, I, I went back in the pits to handle an issue, and I come back out, and no one's racing, and he's, like, hyping up the crowd. Like, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? Can we race? And uh, I guess that's when he crashed, and he, everyone was like, get on the bike get yep, on the bike yep. and i just walked out at that moment and i was so confused what was going on <laughs> <laughs> i guess uh, that was his dad we were i went over there and i picked the bike no, up that's and a, I, oh his dad was there too yep go ahead well the handlebars like the uh, the um they're like loose like about to fall off like the bolts that go through the triple trees were i guess it got jarred loose or something but anyway i'm like hey man you gotta tighten these handlebars up they're pretty loose and he's like oh no they'll be all right and I'm like, no, 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 go get a wrench real quick. We'll give him the time. And I think uh, Ken Salant came over and was like, hey, man, he's got, you know, X amount of time. I'm like, dude, go fix these and get back in the race. And then, like, the crowd was so amped. Anyway, I know we're rambling on, but no, big shout good. out to him. Yeah. It was so it's so entertaining, man, because they were chanting. And then when he got back on the bike, the whole place erupted. So, And that's what you like. You like crowd interaction because that makes it so much more fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, open amateur, same, same group of guys. Evan Renshaw took the overall points. Cole Jose, we talked about him was second. You were third. We had some other guys in there. Eisenhard, uh, going down the list, Bender, Luke Baird, uh, little Vandercoy, Jess Reynolds, Jason Lor. How do you say his name? Lorge? Lorge. 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 Just Lorge. Yep. Way off. Yep. Uh, Jason Lorge, uh, Tyler Scott was not in the open amateur class. So, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, stacked stacked group of guys in uh, open amateur, and Renshaw took the uh, took the overall win. Open novice, you're one of your guys. The um, this was a new class for this year, and I was actually stoked with how it turned out. Um, it gave gave like the new the newer riders, the older guys, you know, the back the weekend racers a class to compete in at at a prestigious event, and and that class went over really well. Hunter Williams took the overall win, and then Schoolboy Walker Porter. Um, Vintage Johnny Buva took the overall win. Jim Odley was second. You were in third. And then the PW50 uh, class was Cash Epler and Michael Hall. Those two little kids had an epic battle all weekend. Um, things were getting a little dicey at the end of it. We had a protest, <laughs> and then the protest got taken off the table. And uh, I never realized how serious PW50 racing was until I I got into it myself with my little guy. And uh, man, so many, that class had so many fast kids in it. Like I've seen these kids on the internet, Ray Resendez and, um, Marco McCullage and Skylar locks, uh, you know, Colton, Colton, obviously I, I've seen these Rhett Worthington, uh, another Nickens, Ella Nickens. There was so many fast kids in that PW class that when, uh, when Cruz ended up with a third, I was like, all right, that was pretty good, buddy. So he almost pissed it away though. The last lap, he like <laughs> lost his focus and he's like jumping up and down on the seat. He's kicking his legs and, and, uh, the guy in the kid in fourth gave him a run there at the end, but yeah, a little man got a podium and uh, shout out to cash Epler for, uh, for taking the overall title and Michael Hall, that was his first flat track race. He's a moto kid. And 
And he was entertaining to watch, man, all weekend, like standing up on the straightaways, moto leg in the corners. And uh, yeah, that was obviously I, I'm probably biased, but I, I absolutely, absolutely love that class. Like, um, oh, yeah. Running One that. of my favorites, too. One of my favorites. It's, it's so much fun to watch those kids. And, and the best part was the first race, I think, or the, maybe the heat race when Colton and, and Cruz, they're like looking around at each other, like trying to show off for each other. And, and Amber is losing her mind. She's like, look where you're going. Pay attention. Like, uh, she's like way more moto mom than you're going to be moto dad. Just to let you know. I love it. And then when he moted him and she was all crying up, I'm like, are you crying? But, dude, I know how much fun y'all have with him and, and how special it is. So I, I, I don't want to, don't want her thinking I'm picking on her. I loved every second of it because, uh, because clearly the the 50s this is like my favorite class dude yeah and the first night i felt bad we got done really late and uh cruz and i think marco mccullage they fell asleep like they didn't even get to race the main event because it, it ended up you know it was so late at night so the second night we moved the 250 cc mains right after the heat races so the kids had full energy and they were able to go out there and all race their main event and and then we had the uh, the Strider and the Stasic races too. And then Cruz, he was uh, he won the Stasic race, so got a got a win. But a third on the PW was my highlight of the entire weekend, and uh, and just the fact that he had so much fun. That's kind of what makes it worth it for me. Um, and yeah, when he was looking around, I was like, "Why were you looking around, dude?" He's like, "I wanted to see where Colton was." I'm like, "He's right <laughs> behind you. Go!" Like, yeah, uh, dude, those two are gonna be a mess, man, because they broke out. And then, dude, hats off to sh- like. Cruz had the best crew chief in the world. Like Shayna is on top of it, man. Like she probably would have like not even cared about watching Briar helping Briar out if Cruz is on the track. Cause dude, she was in the staging area. She had that thing warmed up. She did the whole lift the rear wheel up and clean the motor out. Like, dude, if I ever was a grand national rider again and Shayna was available, she would be like one of my top choices for crew chief. Like oh, she's I bet legit. she does tear offs. She can do gearing. Like, not that Cruz needed gearing, but like there was never a moment when Cruz was not 100% ready to go. And then I'm trying to find my kid, you know, because all the course, all the kids are staged up like 30 minutes too early. But I'm like, oh my God, they're already in stage. Where's Colton? Where's Colton? And he's doing whatever he does. But Shayna's right there. She's got Cruz's bike ready and staging. And this is, I loved everything. Yeah, dude, she loaded so my awesome. van up each night. Like, she knew how tired I was. And she loaded my van up and she helped with Cruz. And, uh, big shout out to Shay, man. It's Gat Cat coming through. And then, dude, it was funny. Um, she needed help with something. Uh, we were doing a, we were trying to make the the steering um, on Cruz's bike a little stiffer. So he, because he's dude, he's little. He's probably yeah, thirty five yep. pounds to avoid tank slapping. And she wheeled the bike over to Dave and Michelle in, in the Indian pit. And um, they had they picked Cruz's bike up on a stand and had it in the factory Indian pit. They were looking at it, and Dave was adjusting the front end and Michelle and. Cruz was like a factory uh, rider for a minute. They uh, they tightened up the strength <laughs> stem, and Dave was it was awesome. Just I wanted to get a picture of Dave and Michelle, you know, legendary tuners working on a uh, on Cruz's bike with Shayna there. And it's like, oh, Briar, we'll get to you in a minute. We got to fix Cruz's bike. So, um, yeah, it, it was honestly, dude, great weekend. Uh, shout out to all the riders for coming. And you know, I don't know what the plan is for the future. I always say like, damn, this was a lot of work. I don't know about about doing it next year but obviously we'll we'll keep it going and come up with new ways to make things better more pit lighting i want to do obviously dial in the track a little bit better um more porta potties man we bring in more porta potties every year and the event gets bigger and it's just sometimes it's like damn dude we need to do this do that so we always get better i feel like every year but just a huge shout out to everybody that came hope the fans at home enjoyed it the social media coverage was 
pretty awesome. Honestly, I want to give a shout out to Scotty Taylor. He put up all the, um, not all, well, he's putting up all the main events on his YouTube page, but he put up the main events on our page each night after the race. And one night he was up till two in the morning editing footage and giving the fans at home, just some free content, man. I think the fans sort of, a lot of them take for granted the um, having free content because with social media and stuff is, Hey, can you do this? Can you go live? It's like, man, yeah. But like, somebody's got to take the time to do it. So um, shout out to Scotty Taylor for volunteering to, uh, to basically give you guys that content for free on our pages. And, and Jen and Melissa, my workers, they put up a lot of really funny interviews. I actually went back and watched them yesterday and uh, really, really good stuff. So shout out to them for, for keeping that content going. And hopefully, hopefully you guys all enjoyed it at home and it gave you guys something to look forward to during the off season. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like, all, all, your whole crew did a, did a jam-up job, man. I mean, they just made it fun, man. Everything was cool. They were walking around. Like, Jen Lewis did an awesome job. You know, uh, I mean, all, all the girls, every single one of your girls. I don't know if you had Mariah on or what, but she was get, doing her thing. And, like, there was never a shortage of, like, content, which is cool because we're there, but there's so many people in the flat track world that could not be there. And, and yeah, obviously you want to get them in the gate and come in person, but if they just can't, then the next best thing is to provide them with activities and action shots and videos as if they were there. And, and that says a lot, man, because I, I wish I could get on that level on the production side, because man, you guys, you nailed it on that. And uh, so hat, hats off to your whole crew, man. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Once again, appreciate everybody who tuned in. We're going to get back to our regularly, regular, regularly scheduled programming next week with, uh, we're going to get a guest on the show and we'll get back to doing our original tank slapping shows, but I wanted to do a little winter, uh, winter throwdown recap with Robbie Bobby and yeah, it was great. So, um, appreciate the sponsors as always for supporting the event supporting our podcast you know, we honestly could not do it without them. Huge shout out to Mission Foods for becoming the uh, presenting sponsor of the Winter Throwdown. That was big, big news for me. And uh, to have a company like Mission involved, it's it's surreal. You know, I, I've said that a few times, but it really is. Like going through those photos that Mariah posted and and uh, Annalise and Addison and everybody that took photos, Lane's World, his videos, and seeing all the people and all the smiles and just everybody that was stoked after it, it's it's like, damn, dude, this was, we created something super awesome. And um, yeah, just, I'm really grateful. So thank you all for coming. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Um, sh huge shout out to you, Robbie, for, for being my guy and coming on. People love, people love to, uh, they live your life with you, dude, the highs and the lows, the shit talking, <laughs> the, uh, the race wins, like seeing how many people were stoked that you were, you were crushing it. You got a lot of fans and yeah, I just appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking hey. about it. Also, on that note, too, I guess I got to go back and look up that post and see who guessed the right number because uh, five, there right? was somebody, f yeah, five. So, uh, um, and then if, if so, I need to get their PayPal. So, whoever, anybody whoever who picked after anybody who picked more than one or two races is probably family. Like, they're like, yeah, Rob, your mom, your mom probably thought you're going to win five, you know? So, yeah, no, there were some <laughs> other people. Of course, I was just happy that the few people that picked zero got, had to eat some, eat some crow, but, uh, but no, I wasn't even expecting to do that, that well. It just, it, you know what, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So I'll, yeah. I'll take it. And, uh, and obviously we'll be back for next year too. And, and of course I'm going to try and do better and better every year, but, uh, but let's be honest, man, it was, a uh, 
it was a fluke. I got I got lucky, but at the same time, I had a freaking blast. One more quick shout out before we go, dude. What is dude? What is the big dude's name from your area? The, big, oh. the biggest dude at oh, the Oh yes. What yep. Is his his name Isaiah is Lopez. Josh. Is yep. Josh Nunmaker. Nunmaker. And uh, oh my god, that was actually in my heat or the dash or something. It was in one of my races because I look back. I'm like, where the frick is everybody at? Because there was like I crossed the checker flag and there's like yellows and reds waving and stuff. And apparently uh, there's a battle for second, and dude, like wrecked on the outside of turn four, I guess. And like, well, he 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 got traction. It looked like I, I was standing in three and four. He got traction and like wheelied into the back tire. I think it was Wyatt Vaughn, and he wheelied into the back of um, I think it was Shelton Brooks going to the checkered, and he cartwheeled into the fence where all the spectators were standing. It was pretty damn scary. And that guy we're talking about, thankfully, the two biggest guys in the whole fucking pit area are my gate guy norman and your buddy josh is that that's his name and they literally yep, yep. this this bike would have cartwheeled into the pits if those two dudes weren't standing there they like hit it hit that josh guy and he literally just stopped the bike he's so big he's probably seven foot he just stopped the bike in its tracks and we uh we did some little, little bit more reinforcement there and we're gonna look at that for next year that's never happened but Thankfully, everybody was okay, and your boy, dude, literally stopped a full-blown yeah. <laughs> eyesight with his body and just, like, yeah. shrugged it off and was like, okay. like, Man, uh, dude, and not only that, but he is, like, he, he helps Isaiah out so much, man. Um, I, that's his stepdad. Uh, but uh, takes him to the race and everything, and Josh can't, can't say enough about it. He is literally the nicest guy in the world. Like, he will help you out. You know, what, anything within his reason he's able to do, I could call him right now while he's in the middle of work. But hey, Josh, man, dude, I need some Taco Bell. He's like, okay, let me check with the boss. But I'm pretty sure I can, I can get you some Taco Bell. Like, just an example of how <laughs> nice he is. Even though I would never ask him to do that, but, uh, but yeah, and 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 just happy that he actually just picked up a 450 for Isaiah. His first new real race on a 450 was the, the Clash, and then he came to the Throwdown and and put it in one or two of the main events. So. Um, so yeah, big, big shout out to those guys, man. I appreciate you giving him a hookup because he's yeah. a, he's a really nice guy. Good to hear. Yep. Well, uh, real quick plugs, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, and of course, Mission Foods for being the presenting sponsor of our event. Any other of the sponsors, make sure you check out winterthrowdown.com and go on and, and just send them a thank you for supporting what we do. It goes a long way in making sure we do it again next year and that's a wrap on this one. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll chat you soon. Later. Awesome, man. Thank you guys so much.